Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking forward now to week one, getting started at the real thing. Uh, it's been a long time coming, and um, you know you can feel the energy around the building and the excitement for real football. And hopefully, uh, football we can help you know Americans kind of return to some sense of normal and have some entertainment on Sunday. And we're looking forward to being a part of that. That's right. Kirk Cousins going to provide us entertainment one way or the other on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. Welcome into Mackie and Judd. The Twins have been off here for a couple days now. Trevor May getting some good streaming time in. And so uh, we're putting our break baseball down like it's football on hiatus for a couple days so we can break football down like it's football. Football. Doogie will join with a scoop session. Daniil Hunter is, uh, I don't know, out with a tweak still for the whole month of September now. Yeah, we'll address that. But uh, Federated Insurance has been uh, hanging out with us here on Score North for uh, a couple of years now and 1500 ESPN prior to that. So they've been a partner of the Mackey and Judd show for a while and we appreciate that, and they also appreciate all of their partnerships with business owners in the Twin Cities and the surrounding area. When you partner with Federated as a business owner, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative, and remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, we got to start with the most amazing tweet ever sent from at Vikings yesterday. Yep. It was actually a, a series of tweets, but so they send out Daniil Hunter to injured reserve. They didn't say what the injury was. They've just like all we know for the last month is that he's got a tweet. It's just a little tweet. Little tweet. Little tweet. Just a little. Uh, a little, uh, little, uh, little uh, hamstring, something. Yep. Little, uh, calf muscle. Yep. But we have no idea. We didn't know if it was upper body, lower body, if it was contract. Maybe it is contract. We'll talk about those things. But they send out finally because they have to. Judge Zolgad woke up yesterday giddy because this is the day that the NFL teams have to release injury reports. The Vikings have to tell us one way or the other what's wrong with Daniel Hunter. Well, they didn't tell us what was wrong with Daniel Hunter. They just said he's going on injured reserve, so he has to miss the first three games. Courtney Croner reporting it's a neck injury. But then the Vikings sent out the tweet of all tweets. It was a screenshot of their injury report for the week. And it's blank. Yes. Because no other players other than Daniel Hunter have any injuries of consequence. There's been no preseason games. I was so. going to say, there's nothing to be hurt from. Yeah, unless you, you know, rolled an ankle in practice. But if no one can watch you practice, then what's the you know? no one knows. A tree falls in the forest. So their tweet was a screenshot of the blank injury report. Yep. It said, uh, no players on this week's injury report. End tweet. 
Congratulations, Vikings. Yeah, you did a heck of a job. Your starting <laughs> Pro Bowl left end is out for God knows how long, and you and you are and you have found a way to circumvent telling the rest of the world what's wrong. The glee that they must have felt sending that tweet out, like we know it would be hilarious. If 10 minutes after we say Daniil Hunter is never going to play football again, we don't even know the extent of it, but like he's out for September. Yep. Let's send a screenshot of the blank injury report and tell everyone, look, nobody's on the injury report because once a guy's on IR, they don't have to put him on the injury. Do you know who has to feel, and this uh, full credit to Patrick Royce, who was pointed out by him, you know who has to feel the stupidest in this whole thing? Like just absolutely egg on the face, people should be fired stupid. Jacksonville. The Jacksonville Jaguars didn't extract a first-round pick from a team that knew damn well that Daniil Hunter couldn't play for. My guess is at least eight games. It's a neck. Like you, I've never, I have never seen a neck. If a neck is a tweak, you go to a chiropractor, and the chiropractor adjusts your neck, and you play in Sunday's game. There has never been a tweak of a neck that lands you on IR. And by the way, the rule is by rule, it's three games for for this year. You can IR. It sounds like as many guys as you want and bring them back after three games missed. Right. So that's just the minimum amount of games that Hunter has to miss. But if you're Jacksonville, how on earth did you not get a first round pick from a team that was clearly desperate. That's a great point. Like hyperventilating, panicked, and as Royce, it's it's full credit to Patrick. But how do you not get a first round pick? Well, that's that's a great point, and that if it, and it actually answers the question of well, why wouldn't the Vikings be a little bit more transparent with this? Why would they just continue for a month to call it a tweak? The guy missed like sixteen straight practices, and and has just been standing on the sidelines, and they've they haven't even told us what the injury is. You know, why Why not at least say, oh, he's got a little hamstring or something. Oh, it's just a little, little neck strain over here. Because they wanted leverage in mm-hmm. those discussions with not only Jacksonville, but probably with Jadeveon Clowney. They're probably having discussions with him and his agents. And obviously, if, if, you're, if you're talking to Jacksonville and they know that you're really sitting behind the curtain saying, oh, please, God, trade us anybody that has a sack in their career. Yeah. Um, and so I guess... I've gone from you know I, entering the show. I was going to be like, I mean, at what point do we just like draw a line when it comes to secrecy in the NFL? Can we just be a little more transparent? Right. But the way you laid it out, Bravo Minnesota Vikings for playing masterful chess with the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? And getting a top fifteen pass rusher for a lot less than they would have if the desperation was also on the table. This is why you don't tell teams and or or fans or us. Now the flip side to this is is. I'm I'm going in now assuming he's probably not going to play for at least eight games, and it's a neck. It might be the entire year, which is which is also fair. Like that that's the thing. The Vikings played this really well and acquired a really good right end because they didn't tip their hand and probably showed that they were panicked beyond belief, which is which is fine. It's smart, but also when I hear neck, if we're both if both sides aren't going to deal in, hey, here's what's what. Which you know, and there's very fine people on both sides. Don't, don't very fine people. Don't come, don't come down on me now when I say I think that there's a good chance he doesn't play this season because it is a neck. Now, if this is a knee, you know what? If it's not a torn ACL, you probably brace it up, right, and go and play at some point in time. If this is a shoulder, I saw Jared Allen do this for an entire year. His shoulder was a mess; like he couldn't put his shirt on post game. Teammates had yeah. to help him or a trainer put his shirt on. 
But you know what he did? He braced it up. And that son of a buck hurt like a, I'm sure like a mother, and he still played. Yeah. Um, and th- this is in Daniil Hunter's defense completely. So I am not saying, hear me loud and clear, okay? Because I'm sure I'll, I'll get, so you don't think he's tough? No, the neck is something you don't mess with. So I think it's fair from both sides now for us to say I think that there's a good chance that this guy does not play for a long time. And is that a massive blow to this team? Absolutely. And, and we don't we, we we don't really have many details of like what the severity is. Like we don't know if it's a strained muscle, right, if it's something. Have with you his ever covered? Have you ever covered a a neck injury that landed a guy on a disabled list? For an extended period of time, that wasn't a big deal. No, it's 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 always something. And even if it's like, let's say it's it's muscle related instead. Like it, it, this is the thing: it could be disc related, it could be muscle related. We don't really know. Is it nerve related? I does it require surgery? Lots I of mean, this does not sound good that you're laying out. I mean, Peyton Manning had a neck injury and it knocked him out for like a year and a no, half. No, I know. And but and, ordinarily, right? If if you have a baseball player, football, go down the list, and they have a muscle problem, let's say in, in the neck area they do go to a chiropractor and they try and correct it and the guy might miss a game or something but it's not long term I've never covered a player who's had to be shelved for a neck and then they come back in like two weeks and like hey you know what I feel great it is ordinarily disc nerve something of major concern the other thing too is especially in the last 10 years I think 2000 2010 was kind of like the first year of this curse is that there's a rule now since 2010 when you go into a Viking season with any level of optimism, something has to go wrong in the month leading up to the season. It's a Vikings rule. You mean like Sydney Rice? Hello, Sydney. It could be Percy Harvin, like basically convulsing on the practice field. It could be yeah. Sydney Rice and the hip injury. It could be Teddy Bridgewater blowing his knee out right before the season starts. There's, there's- Christian Ponder showing up for training camp. <laughs> Oh my God, he's here! No, we gave him the we oh gave him the, we gave him the wrong address. No, but it's huh. like why can't the Vikings just go into a season and it, or or even Sam Bradford's second year, right? Sam Bradford plays fifteen amazing games in whatever year it was, two thousand fifteen or sixteen. I think it was sixteen, and 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 then he comes back for his second year and like boom, his, he's got a knee problem right after week one, right? And then. In case Keenum took over and the Vikings actually had a good season. But right, but it still something went wrong. Like something, by rule, the last 10 years has to go wrong with the Vikings in September or, or sometime in August. It's ridiculous. I'd even add Adrian Peterson with the whole child abuse thing, too. Yeah. That was like, what, week that's one true. after yeah. week one in 2014? So yeah. that's another yeah. chapter. That's a, good, that's a great one. You, you guys are right in on like it. July. You yeah. guys are right on it. And so and Basically, you can go year by year by year. You're right. So it's funny because yesterday as we were waiting, you know, what, what's the word on Daniel Hunter? I think I was kind of 50-50. I figured he's, he's probably going to play. I don't know. They've probably just been being cautious with him. And now we don't even know if he's going to. He's certainly not going to play the next three games by rule. But So we did our, our, our schedule picks yesterday on Purple Daily. YouTube.com yeah. slash Purple Daily Podcast. Lost. Judd had him Lost. nine and seven. Lost. Dex and I had him eleven and five. And I think I was I was factoring in Daniel Hunter at least being available in September. I yeah. wasn't guaranteeing that he would play in week one. But he's not gonna play now in September. So how does we don't have to go game by game, but how do your record predictions change twenty four hours later? Well, like Sunday's game now. To me, I, I was gonna pick or picked the Vikings close game, probably, right? But this whole thing was predicated on what we talked about last week after the Ngakwe trade. 
which was, okay, the corners are young, but now you've got these two stud ends, right, who are going to make life on opposing quarterbacks absolute hell, and they're going to be in the faces of those quarterbacks throughout the course of games, and now they have less time to throw, and because of that, your young corners are going to benefit because their coverage probably does not have to be as tight and as long as it would if you didn't have those two stud ends. Well, now you've got one good end, and you've got, I don't know, Jalen Holmes at left end, and... God bless him. I'm sure he's going to try hard, but Daniil Hunter is damn near impossible to replace. So, so I'll start with Sunday. I thought the Vikings with Hunter playing were going to win that game. I'm not positive now. Like I have to rethink this because Rodgers might not be the guy he was five years back, gentlemen, but he's still pretty damn good. And if he's got time to throw against the Holton Hills of the world and, you know, Gladney or Dantzler in the nickel, and heck, Mike Hughes too, that changes things. So I I don't think it's this broad scope of, well, now I pick him for 6-10. and That's not fair. But I do think it is a critical eye, especially when you're playing a list of pretty good veteran quarterbacks, that I probably need to give thought to that there is a good chance that your left end is going to be an okay player instead of a Pro Bowl player. So you've so overall, so you had him nine and seven. I'm assuming you're dropping him, right? Did you give a new record prediction? There? I did eight, not eight and eight. I did not, but I'd probably go. I right now, I'd probably get him down let's to say eight he and eight, seven and nine. Let's say he misses half the season. Then they win about seven uh-huh. games, probably. I mean, this is yeah. a huge when go through the litany of quarterbacks that they are going to face. And I don't think it's fair to expect that Holton Hill or Gladney and Dantzler, when they play, are just going to step in and be absolutely fine. And and if I've got the defensive ends in the face of those quarterbacks, it's a huge help. Yeah. That was the whole point. And now I've got the right end, who, by the way, now all the focus can shift to his side. And the left end, who's going to try hard, but probably be more of a base end who gets some push. And and now, consider this too. Your entire three-fourths of your defensive line to me is suspect. Your left end is suspect. Your inside without Michael Pierce for sure is. And Ngakwe, I'm sure, is a very good player. But every bit of attention that could have been sort of dispersed between left and right end is now going to go to right end. So... Seven and nine, eight and eight. I don't think they're going to fall off the map because of, of this, but I'm assuming he's not going to play about eight games, and I think that's a huge deal. Dex, what about you? So you had him 11 and five. Yeah. Let's say he doesn't I, play for half the season. I would say it's going to probably cost you at least two and a half wins. Like, like if, I'm, if I want to put an analytical wins above replacement in a deal hunter, that's what I I've been trying imagine. to find, by the way. I did find something, <laughs> right. so I'll get to that in a second. Okay. He's, so he's good, I, I would say he's going to probably cost you about two and a half wins if he's out for at least eight games. And. And we knew that if Ngakwe and Neil Hunter were on the ends, you can plug and play the Adenabos and the Jaleel Johnsons. And, you know, some of those guys played really well in part-time roles, and now they're going to have to play full-time roles. And I'd make the argument that Daniil Hunter is the most important player on the Vikings defense. And, we, and you can go down a litany of players like Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris and Eric Kendricks, guys who are very integral to what Zimmer's defense does. But I think the biggest block, for the lack of a better word, is Daniil Hunter, and you take him out – that that literally takes away your entire attack and plan on defense, and and the Vikings should definitely be worried. And now they're probably going to have to 
factor in at least a couple more losses on the schedule. At least I am from my 11 and five prediction. So here's the, here's the good news. According to pro football focus, I, I, I'm, this is a little bit of a bonus nerd football segment of the week here for you guys. So according to pro football, Get focus, those nerds! Nerd! Nerd! non quarterbacks are not worth nearly as much as you would think in terms of wins above replacement. Now, I don't have an exact figure here because you know, they, don't, they don't have like rankings. They just have sort of an article explaining, and they, they haven't put out their full rankings yet. But, for instance, LaDainian Tomlinson won the MVP award in 2006. Now, offense versus defense. And his wins above replacement mark was like a half win, meaning, oh. if, meaning that the Chargers' entire team and offensive line was so good, you could have plugged in a different running back than LaDainian Tomlinson. And you maybe only would have it would have been like a one win difference or something throughout the course of a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so so in terms of defense historically, the best like the JJ Watts, the best players in the NFL, non quarterbacks are maybe going to be worth like a couple wins at their best. But Daniel Hunter, I think, is in that category. So if he misses half the season, you know, for me, it's like they go from eleven and five to ten and six to maybe nine and seven. I don't think they're out of the playoffs necessarily. And if they can get him back and healthy for the stretch run when they have to play, man, I mean, they've got a short week against the Saints. They've got Tom Brady on the road. They've got those three divisional games right out of the gate, out of the bye week. So if they can get him back even after the bye week, they can maybe salvage this. But I, I think it's a, it's a problem. The NFC only has like two pushover teams. And, um, and you just lost one of the best defensive players in the NFL for some undetermined amount of time. So. I would call it this. When, when it, it comes to... Um, Putting Hunter's loss into context, I would call it the FSF, football stew formula. Because the formula is, to me, it's not Jalen Holmes. Like, like baseball is very simple, right? I take Mike Trout out, I put player X in, and I know exactly what the price of poker is by that, that loss. But the football stew formula is this one. Jalen Holmes is going to try hard, and he might be fine. But it affects every other part of my defense. It, it is literally the spine of your team because the effect is not, oh, my gosh, I don't get 10 sacks from left end. It is now Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Mackey's guy, Rivers, has time to throw, right, or more time to throw. Yeah. Well, now he's picking on my secondary, which is filled with young cornerbacks. So so it's the trickle-down here. It's the trickle-down of the impact that's, I think, hard to quantify, which is if, if on Sunday Rodgers has an extra take-your-pick-of-seconds-to-throw, split seconds, but time to throw, and now he can make a throw that ordinarily he just wouldn't have time to make. That, that's what, to me, separates and makes the difference between like football and baseball. Because baseball, I can just tell you, I know what player X can do and I know what player Y can do. But with Hunter, I'm trying to quantify what his absence from the entire defensive formula does. Yeah. Um, and if that is not geeky, nothing is. Nerd. <laughs> what a nerd. That Judd Zilgan. Get those nerds! Nerd! Nerd! So uh, this, game on, this game on Sunday just got a little, if you thought the Vikings were going to win, your uh, prediction might tighten up a little bit. And, and we should mention, speaking of Sunday, Vikings Ventline makes its return for, what, a seventh season? Season seven. Oh, it's at eight? least. I started doing it with um You and Dubay did Dubai, it. Yeah, I think it's at least season seven. Like two thousand twelve. Well so no, no, they were still in the uh so they were still in the Metrodome. So two thousand So that was pre pre TCF Bank. Twelve was the last year. Yeah, two thousand twelve. 
And so Vikings Vent Line makes its return on Sunday, not in the usual form that you have been used to the last few years. So it's been a call-in show and a radio-centric show on AM 1500 for almost a decade, I guess, if our math is right. And uh, and this year we're still going to have we're still going to have it right after the game is over, and we're still going to have guests and listeners on the show. But uh, it's going to be available in video form on Score North Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast, where uh, we've just like we we've just seen a ton of traction on those platforms. They are uh, growing fast for us, and we want to bring more of a visual component to Vikings Vent Line. So that's what's going to happen starting this weekend, right after every Vikings game. And if you'd like to join the show, you can even you can even send an email preemptively if you'd like to just sort of get on the list. If you want to join the show live in video form, you can email vikingsventline at gmail.com, vikingsventline at gmail.com, and we'll send you the information to join us on the video. But uh, but youtube.com slash Podcast is sort of your video hub for all things Vikings coverage. Um, any other just quick final Old thoughts? Old guy question. If I, if I am if I'm Judd and I want to join audio wise, but I don't know or I can't do video, can I mm-hmm. join with just my voice? Yes, you, you say, can. Wait, you're you saying yourself or like as you as no a, as no you no no no? I'm saying if a guy my age wants to join in, yep, but he doesn't know yep. how to do or can't do the video component, can he join in just with his voice? Dex, I think we yes. can make that happen. Yes, you can. You can use a. I think it, you can default an avatar first off. So like, like you can you can uh, take off your photo, and if you want, you can get your own little you know your own little uh, uh, little icon, or you can add your own photo to our guy Greg Wyshynski did that when he was on our pod a few weeks ago. So yes, you, you don't have to show your mug. I still would like to see Bob in Manhattan with that cocktail in hand with the hot tub. I'd That's show. just a me thing. You know, I'm no, not in the guys. Right? I'm just saying I'm, I'm I'm into the presentation, man. That's all I'm into. I like it. I'm here for. I'm here for Bob in Pennsylvania. I'm not here for Bob naked in a hot tub. I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay. Just well, when I'm a couple Corona Seltzers in after this Vikings loss, you know, I, <laughs> the, bets are, gonna, the we'll, bets are off. The we'll bets care. are off. Football. God bless him. He won't care. <laughs> um, all right, uh, gentlemen. So we're going to get to a scoop session with Doogie here in a short while. But uh, big moment. Big moment over the weekend for the Mackey and Judd show. All right. <laughs> we've we, we've spent a lot of time over the years talking about the things that we are embarrassed or maybe even proud that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Movies like Derek Wetmore, for instance, who is a lifelong baseball fan and covered the Twins, has never seen Major League, which I find just egregious and still has That's never seen Major League. Bull Durham? I don't think he's seen Bull Durham. Probably yet. hasn't. That's unbelievable. Cool. But it was always sort of weird for me to comment on things like that because I had never seen a Star Wars movie. You were proud of that. I appreciated that. 35 years old, grew up a little bit after the Star Wars craze because the first three movies came out and, and I was born in 1985, but never seen a Star Wars movie mm-hmm. until this weekend. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. That's right. I am now a Star Wars nerd. I've watched the first one, the first one being episode four. Okay, yep. And then I watched episode five, which is what, The Empire Strikes Back, Strikes back. I think? Yes, yes. So I, I have now seen two Star Wars movies, gentlemen. Okay. 
I got a question right away. Why is the first one episode four? Judd, come because on. You, you got to keep up on. on your Star Wars here, okay? You really not know this? I saw the first one in the theater, you two youngins, so don't give me that. In the theater! So they, George Lucas, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't want you to explain it to me. Quit fighting over it. I want to hear it. All right, so I'm going to attempt to, ex- I'm going to, attempt to answer Judd's question okay. as a Star Wars noob here. Okay. And then I have four <laughs> observations from watching Star Wars for the first time, just about the movies and things. So to the best that I can explain it to Judd, and again, I have only seen two of them, okay? Okay. The first three come out, and then we go on like a 20-year hiatus or something like that. And then they make three more Star Wars movies, and those were prequels, right? Oh, okay. Episodes one, two, and three. So they had to sort of relabel and reclassify. Because it had been so long. We had, and, is that okay. correct? We had the, it was three prequels that came out, and then eventually yeah. it was three additional chapters. So now I think we have nine, or is it ten? I don't know. Uh, I'm on my way to watching all of them at some point. I got you, though. I mean, okay, thank you. There's, there's like 11, 12 total Star Wars films. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of the, spin-offs, like Han Solo yeah, yeah. has a spin-off. But in terms of the order, they went essentially 4, 5, 6, yep. 1, 2, 3, 7, 8, 9. Yeah. So they went 2, 1, 3, if you want to look at it that way. And so I got all hopped up on Corona Seltzer over the weekend. I'm in. Dove into a Dove into a 12-er of Corona Seltzer with, with my wife. And we sat down and watched Star Wars. So, Judd, how many Star Wars movies have you seen? Just the one. Just the one? In 1977, in the theater. In the theater. And the special effects, I'm going to tell you right now, in 77, unbelievable. And I think I saw a remastered edition here, and so they're even better now. Like, they had, like, there's a Jabba the Hutt scene with Han Solo where Jabba the Hutt is, like, digitally remastered or something. And so that was cool. Poor Jabba. So, So I have now seen more Star Wars movies than you have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'll never see the next. I'll never see... One beyond this. You're not going to watch the second one, at least? Oh, Empire Strikes Back. No, no, Empire Strikes Back is considered the best Star Wars movie of all of them. I, I, choose to, I choose to, at the age of 50, keep what seven-year-old Judd cherished just intact. I that, went home and pretended that my house was a, was a spaceship for about two weeks. <laughs> and, and then I discovered baseball, and that was it for Star Wars. And then I discovered girls, and that was in baseball was in trouble. Oh yeah. Well, you yeah. were in like your twenties when you discovered girls, though, right? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> what, what? Declan, how many Star Wars movies have you seen? I've seen all of them, baby. I've seen every single one, and even the last three I've seen at like the day of the release, not midnight, but I've okay. seen the day of release. They are you a ritual. Rami. Yeah, Rami. Rami was love Star Wars. Rami was texting me giddily and like saying, "I wish I could be there for your first Star Wars experience," <laughs> and. It's like it's like people people communicate with you as if you're having a baby or something. Oh, it's going to be fatherhood's going to be amazing. Like so Declan has seen them all so you can at least critique my my review here, right? So these are my four observations from watching Star Wars for the first time. Observation number 1, Princess Leia? Eh, she uh she gets around a little bit. Oh, wow. She gets she gets around a little bit. Well, you should hear hear the off the off the screen stories. I, I, I watched some of those videos on YouTube. Did you? Yeah. But like, God just, rest her soul, because she is dead. But yeah, on screen, it's like, how can you be torn between Luke Skywalker and Han Solo? It's like two completely different humans. Either you That's like, weird. you either like the cocky, arrogant, brash guy, or you like the sort of insecure and you know, like bumbling guy in Luke Skywalker, and I don't, I don't know how you can be attracted to both. It doesn't make sense to me. You are describing my love life for the last five years, <laughs> and I am Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that that's exactly who I am. 
it, it's pretty obvious when a woman wants who she wants. It's it's very obvious. But wait, but they, they want but Han Phil, Solo. But Phil's but Phil's point is that her tastes were too diverse. I'm saying it doesn't make sense that right. she would be attracted to both those guys. They're just too polar opposite. Or maybe it's that Han Solo was more of the Han Solo, summer though. fling guy. Yeah, bad boy. And Luke Skywalker's yeah. the marriage material. The long-term commitment. I, I think okay. that's true. Um, my second observation is, and I'll just play this clip again. Darth Vader's a bit of a heavy breather, isn't he? It, told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. And someone told me that we're going to find out here as I continue my Star Wars journey that we find out maybe in the next one, the third one, episode six, why he's such a heavy breather. But somebody get that guy an inhaler, for God's sake. He might or be a like, smoker. Or maybe put a little ventilation in your mask. He Just could be a smoker. I feel like he's probably overheating Wh- inside that costume. Which one is that clip from? Uh, that last one is from The Empire Strikes Back. Spoiler alert, at the end of that movie, Luke finds out that Darth Vader is his father. And, and the voice... Of Darth is James Earl Jones, is that correct? Yes. Yes. That's correct. James Earl yes. Jones. Uh, wow. You won't really find out what's wrong or why Darth Vader is a heavy breather actually until episode three, technically, if you really want. I mean, like, you'll <laughs> so understand. I, so I, so I, have to, I have to watch, like, five more movies in order. I'm so going really in order get... of chronological release, by the way, just if that's okay, yeah. quadruple, that. that's right quadruple bypass. <laughs> that's what the problem was. He needed a bypass. <laughs> They got him all fixed up, uh, though, and okay. he's like, hey, I feel great. Lost lost 40 pounds. Uh, observation number three from my first Star Wars experience, Han Solo and Indiana Jones are literally the same character, just in different settings. They're brash. They're, they're, yeah, it makes perfect sense. They go against the odds and the percentages. They're very exploratory. They're very entrepreneurial, and they're constantly trying to get themselves and their friends out of jams. And even when it looks like they're going to abort mission on something, they come back in the end to save the day. It's the same character, just I just thought of something. Settings. Harrison Ford and and how he was branded off as a character. Is he basically and these are different characters, but the same idea of I'm gonna take you as this guy and make you that guy, but it's the same guy. Is he basically Stallone-like as well? Yes. Not, not in being the same actor. No, he but, play, he he plays Harrison but Ford. Like, but like Stallone just played Stallone. Yep. It, it's like, okay. Now you're a boxer. Now. Now you're a Vietnam vet. Now you're a president. Get off my plane. <laughs> so it's like they never asked him. They no Nobody said, can you broaden the scope of your acting ability? No need They to. said, can you just be Harrison Ford today? We're going to pay you $20 million to just be yourself, but as a president. But like Rambo and Rocky, you know, it's the same idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a like great observation. It. I like it. Also, if, if you're looking to blow your mind here, not only does your logic fit, but think of... Luke Skywalker, or I'm sorry, uh, Han Solo as the president in Air Force One being the same character. Yeah. He's just gotten into politics and like wound up on Earth. Somehow. Aged a little bit. I did look yeah. up to apparently these, the, 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 yeah. the, the year that these movies took place was in the 1600s, just like in a different part of the galaxy, according to Wikipedia. So interesting. Yeah. I actually didn't know that. Anyways, uh, observation number four, my fourth and final observation from my first Star Wars experience. Luke Skywalker reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson. Constantly under duress, an underdog, not highly touted as a youngster. Under duress, under pressure, but makes plays out of nowhere and surprises people. Squeezes as much toothpaste out of his tube as he possibly can. I like it. Dude loses a hand at one point and just bounces right back. Like, 
He lost a guy hand? gets his hand cut off by a lightsaber when? and just bounces right back. When? Uh, in his fight with Which one? Darth Vader. I think it was at the end, uh, toward the end of Empire Strikes Back, right? Okay, again, right. I didn't yeah, see he that. He got his hand okay, cut right. off. Really? That yeah. hurts. Just kept Man. scrambling around, pushing forward. You know what? Out for at least three games. <laughs> He's got missed three it's very, games. It's very poetic. It's very poetic when he loses his hand. You'll figure out in episode six. But By the way, boys, I had from, I believe, Target, after that film, in 77, the lightsaber where where you got the batteries and stuck it oh, in yeah. the, the thing, and uh-huh. it and it was a piece of plastic, I swear to God, that lit up, and I thought it was so cool. You still have it? Oh, if I did, it'd probably be worth a lot. No. No, I, it broke. Like, they weren't that great. Dude, but, I was, but my point is, it was basically the, an enormous flashlight. Yeah. And they probably sold it for $20 and made billions off of that. the merch, yeah. right? I was so mad when I was a kid. I, my favorite playset, uh, well, I had a couple of them. I, I had the the old, like, 80s and early 90s WWF wrestlers, the plastic Hasbro ones. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I had some G.I. Joes and stuff, but I had the Ghostbusters set with... The, with the white car and like the Ghostbusters, like the firehouse turned into the Ghostbusters house. Mm-hmm. And I looked on eBay or Amazon or somewhere, probably eBay a few years ago. And like, you could, you get like hundreds of dollars for this stuff now, if not even more than that. Oh yeah. My dad just threw that stuff away when I was in high school. Hey dude, moms threw baseball cards away left and right. I have in my possession, original star Wars trading cards. Because wow, I bought, I bought them and kept those. them. Yeah. I looked them up. It's not as much as you would think. And th- there are some that are worth a ton, and I don't think I, I am in possession of those. But I've got, like, because I'd buy packs of Star Wars trading cards. I thought they were great. Yeah, people are making, like. I've still I, got them. Like, people are. I have a friend who's in a fantasy baseball league with me that, like, quit his day job to, like, to run, like, a baseball card trading business, basically. It's, like, super weird. What is it? Okay. Just quickly. People are making bank off baseball What is cards. going on with baseball cards? Yeah, Phil Hughes has a YouTube channel where he just no, opens but, packs of baseball cards. He has like 50,000 So I collected them as a kid, as we, we all did, and I loved them, right? And then I felt like the market got saturated, and like the price of cards dropped off, and a bunch of those card shops that opened in like strip malls all closed. Yeah, like Schinders was my and, favorite place. So like in the last, you think, year or so? Yeah. It's like baseball cards have become a huge deal again. They have been. Yeah, people are getting... Definitely getting rich off baseball memorabilia again. You want to get really nerdy here because my uncle gave me this gift and I still have it. Yeah. This is called a Force FX lightsaber. These things are like two hundred dollars. Oh my god! But that's nice. The batteries are out, unfortunately, as I go to pre- present it. But like I used to play with this at my uncle's house all the time, and then when he was got his deathbed, he gave he gave it to me. He is gave it, me this lightsaber. Is it like a taser or is it a toy? No, it's like a. It's more for presentation. Like it's not. You're not really supposed to fight with it. But I totally fought with it when I was. A, a oh kid yeah, you friend, can't give that to a kid and not him fight. No, but I, I, I will then pass this on to my next. If I how big is that? Dex? It, it, it looks inappropriate. I'm not gonna lie. How, yeah, how big is it? Appropriate. Here, it's ba- a, back well, away and show it to us again so I can see it. It's about three feet. I mean, it's pretty. Oh, but yeah, yeah, it's a little phallic. That's true. Yeah. But you know what oh, mine no. was? My mine was too fat because it was plastic. Yeah. So I like that one more. It's a better lightsaber. Well, at the very least, we found the cure to Declan's dating woes. All right. All right. Lightsabers. Mackie and Judd brought to you by Lightsabers here and Pod MN. If you want to discover local podcasts, if you if if you're wondering, there's gotta be other like Minnesota sports podcasts and politics podcasts I've never heard of. How do I discover them? You're um, a lot of politics? Enter at your own risk. <laughs> 
PodMN is free to download in the Apple and Google Play stores. And you can also go to PodMN.com to find out more information. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Only a master of evil, huh? All right. We got our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson here for his weekly scoop session every Thursday on Mackie and Judd. Inside information about your favorite local sports teams. You can find Doogie on the TV front as part of the five eyewitness news sports team and also in audio form with his weekly scoop podcast, Apple, Spotify and scorenorth.com. And as the, I believe three-time champion of the Hubbard TV fantasy football league that drafts this Saturday, Doogie. Thank you for that reminder. Yes, we do draft on Saturday morning. So yes, I look forward to defending my championship. Thank you, Lamar Jackson last year. Yeah, that was, I drafted Peyton Manning the year he threw 55 touchdowns. It's like, and we award six points per any touchdown in our league. So if you get the quarterback that scores the most touchdowns, you pretty much win the league. You do. And I recall last year. So, you know, I always wait to take a quarterback, even though you could make a case the way our league is set up. It's a ridiculous scoring system, but I have no interest in being the commish. So I can't really complain all that much. Chris Long is, is the commish. It's, it's his scoring system. I don't agree with six points for a touchdown pass. But whatever. But my theory is wait on a quarterback. So I waited until like round eight or nine. I don't remember the exact round. But I was looking at two quarterbacks. I was looking at Lamar Jackson. And I was looking at, it was either the Giants or the Lions. We do team quarterbacks. And one of them went right before. So it made my pick incredibly easy. Like it was down to two. So Daniel Jones or Lamar Jackson, basically. Well, at the time it was Eli, right? It was Eli where I thought maybe there was a chance, you know, Pat (laughs) Shermer. All that. So it was down to two. Now, if both were still on the board at the time, I don't know if I would have gone with Lamar. But, (laughs) yeah, that quarterback, I don't remember exactly, again, which team quarterback it was. But that quarterback, that team quarterback went literally the pick before. So then it was an easy pick. Had to fill out my starting lineup. Went with the Baltimore quarterback, and he carried me to a championship. Darren Doogie Wilson, multiple time champ. Um, So let's get, there's a bunch of nuggets here. Let's, Let's just clear the Viking stuff out of the way here. So Daniel Hunter has had uh, the world's worst tweak, and Courtney Cronin reporting it's a neck. What have you heard about the severity of Daniel Hunter's injury here and the likelihood that it could actually linger beyond the three games he has to spend on the IR? Well, I can tell you that he put on Snapchat. I don't know. I'm way too old for Snapchat. So I don't know. You're not like even that Snapchat, old. Well, I'm 40 now. You're dookie. Yeah, I know. But like you can't you. have the nickname if you're not doing Snapchat, man. <laughs> so anyway, here, let me pull this up. So this was on Snapchat. Again, I don't know if this is public. I don't know how Snapchat works. So I don't know how public this is, if it was out there for the masses, if it wasn't. But here is what he put on Snapchat. And you can see it, Judd. You can be my witness to it, okay? Somebody sent it to me. Yep. Before you all go crazy, I'm fine. I'll be back soon. This is only just to be safe. Hmm. Now, that being said, Judd, I think you wrote about it, right? Yeah. That... There is reason to push the alarm button ever so slightly. Like, we're talking about a 16-game sample size. He is now out at least three games, right? Right. You look at the three opponents. Yeah. None of these are give-me's. Like, there's something clearly going on. I'm trying to figure out if there was some sort of setback. Yeah, Courtney is definitely on to something with, when's the, with la- the neck. When's the last time that you covered an athlete 
with a neck injury, and he had to miss time, and it wasn't a big deal. 23 years of doing this? Yeah, you're right. Like, it just never happens. Yeah, I mean, it just it doesn't They either happen. go to a chiropractor and come right back, or they're, or if it is, you know, spinal in nature, disc, blah, 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 it's never been a, well, he tweaked his neck. Like, tweak is the, tweak is the funniest word that they could have used, because a tweaked neck means that you go get your neck adjusted and you come back and play. So I'm just, that's why I can't, I don't buy that this is not a big deal. I do think, unless something changes, that he will be back by week four. I can tell you, as recently as like middle of last week, give or take a few days, he told at least one teammate what he put on Snapchat, that that I'm okay. That this teammate thought, heck, he's going to be out there against Green Bay. So I can just tell you, one teammate, is absolutely surprised that not only is he out for this week, that he's now out for three weeks. I will tell you this much, and I had a couple agents text me this. The cynic in all of us, it's hard not to think that this is contractually related, right? That, yeah. that hey, it's on him. He signed the contract, but that is the most team-friendly contract in the NFL. I'm trying to avoid hyperbole, mm-hmm. but he is one of the best defensive players in the league. He is grossly underpaid. Is there anything tied to this that is contractually related? But I will say my understanding is there is something definitely wrong with the neck. I can tell you that uh, if I felt like I was drastically underpaid, my neck would hurt a little bit more. Just speaking for myself. (laughs) And if your neck did hurt, you would not come back a second too soon. This reminds me, uh, it's a little bit different, but this reminds me a lot of 2010 Sidney Rice, which is... Now, his contract was closer to being done, but his but he basically said, take care of me, and I'll get done what needs to be done. And the bike is like, no. And he said, fine, then I'm just going to miss time. Was that off his rookie deal, though? I believe that that, I believe it was. Because there is a little difference there where the rookie deal, you're pretty much attached to, to what the CBA lays out. In this case, Daniil... It's not like he had to sign that extension, right? Right, but I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying he did sign in it. His, like that's on Daniil. Why sign it to begin with? Right, but in his it case, wasn't his rookie deal. But in his case, if there's any amount of concern, especially with a neck which can end your career, you're not going to try and rush back for the sake of the team yes. if your contract is this bad. Agree. That's my only point. Yes, and you're spot on on that front. On Dalvin, by the way, when when talking about. You know, contract situations like Dalvin. That's why I bring up rookie deal versus, you know, Daniil did sign that that extension like Daniil. You know, I mean, you could argue, hey, that's on you. Right. But with Dalvin, like that was the deal that the league said you pretty much have to sign like you're slotted in. Right. So a little bit different. But Dalvin is is a full go. Like unless he comes up with the mysterious flu or something on Sunday morning. He's in, but there is nothing close. Now, all it takes is one new phone call, but I can just tell you, I just got a text message two seconds ago. There's nothing close. The Vikings are not inclined to pay him Joe Mixon or Derrick Henry type money. Interesting. Um, Doogie, let's let's move on to, to some other teams here. Uh, you floated a nugget before we took the uh, the microphones about the Twins and CHS field as Major League Baseball consolidates and restructures its minor league system. What are you hearing? Well, the lease... The Twins lease with their AAA affiliate in Rochester, New York, is up. It's up after the 2020 season, so it's up. So it just it makes sense. Like, why 
do you need to have your AAA affiliate so far away? The Twins and Saints now have a nice relationship based on the alternate squad training over at CHS Field on a daily basis. So that relationship is building and building and building. I would just say keep an eye on CHS Field. So would CHS, I just so, would. So the St. Saint Paul Saints potentially being a AAA baseball team. Well, I think there's some logistics to figure out there. Like, could the Saints still operate in the American Association, have their team, but then also be the home of a triple A team. Wow. Like there might be ways. So I don't I don't have all those details. I'm just saying the headline to me would be keep an eye on the potential of CHS Field being the home of the Twins AAA affiliate starting as soon as next year. I love that idea. There's been a lot of hand-wringing and angst over, like, why is Major League Baseball putting its thumb on the minor leagues and getting involved? The minor league system has never made sense to me. You've got some teams that have multiple single and double-A teams. Like, every, it should be uniform, and Major League Baseball should have a lot of control over, I think, what happens. Now, I think, you know, in terms of, like, who finances what, there's a lot of complicated things that have to be figured out, but... One of the things that has never made sense is if you need to call a player out from AAA, you're like randomly calling on Rochester, New York. Like there, there should just be more customization and I think regionality. Why is the Twins AAA team, which is the the closest access point to to Major League Baseball players, on the East Coast? Like shouldn't shouldn't it be somewhere in the Midwest? Like why? Do, it's it's all just scattershot across the country, and so it would make a lot more sense if they could figure out a way for CHS Field to be the home of Twins AAA baseball. I love that idea. I mean, pre-COVID, there was only one flight, Rochester, New York, direct to Minneapolis, right? Luke, Luke Hughes missed it one time, and, and Joe Maurer had to play right field because of it. Correct. <laughs> but then you look at, like, the Red Sox, their AAA affiliate is, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, pretty much right down the road. Yeah, Pawtucket's yeah. right there, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Philadelphia's is relatively close. I mean, I guess the Cubs. Scranton, Wilkes-Barre. They're in Des Moines. I mean, that's yeah. at least a drive. Like, but, a yeah. lot of teams... It is geographically set up, but yeah, for Minnesota, it's not. So I just, it, it, it just, it makes too much sense, right? And imagine the excitement, like Royce Lewis maybe next year playing in St. Paul, maybe Alex Kirilov, some of these other guys, right? I mean, heck, I would go. I mean, you know, that's the baseball, that might be you know, fanatic in me, but I would boys. absolutely go. That could be it. If I, if I tell Don I'm going to Twins games and then AAA <laughs> games, that could, 25 years done. Uh, so it would make sense to, to me too. If you play this out for the Saints to stay, because look, I mean, the Saints is great fun, but it's not really about baseball. It, it's about the experience for the family and dad and mom go and drink some beers and, and then have, if nothing else, if uh, more clubhouse space is necessary, have the twins build an extra clubhouse or two for their team. Like it makes, I, I don't think that this needs to be the Saints are, the Saints are folded up and can't be the Saints. Because that that whole thing, I, I mean, the one thing is, I can't articulate this enough. That's not about baseball. Like, it's not about the baseball experience. It's about just sort of the ballpark thing. Um, but yeah, it makes it makes sense. And if you can send for a guy down ninety four, the, the whole alternate site thing has shown how simple that that is. Right? Like, we need a catcher. Where's Ryan Jeffers? Oh, he's in the uh, Holiday Inn in yeah. St. Paul. As opposed to your guys' point, oh yeah, he's in uh, he's in Scranton, Wilkesbury I mean, today. I'll th- send for him. Think about this. Think about the absurdity of this. When I covered the Twins from like 2010 through 2013, there were times, and I can't think of exact specific examples, but there was one. I know that they were in Los Angeles playing the Angels, 
and they like they had a like always they had a situation where a guy could maybe go on the DL, but you could maybe give it a couple extra days, right? And they would literally make those decisions sometimes based on how logistically convenient is it or not to get a player flown in from Rochester, New York, to like anywhere really, but like. No, think about if you if you, if your AAA hub is in the Twin Cities, that's an international airport, and so you can if if you're in Los Angeles, you're in Texas, you need a guy, boom, there's a flight because it's Minneapolis, not Rochester. The point that Doogie was making, so they would literally play shorthanded on road trips and even sometimes at home because ah that next flight's not until four thirty tomorrow or whatever. Like we have to wait an extra day. <laughs> you should never make roster decisions based on that. But I mean, we saw it last week, right? Where Max Kepler. And he should be back soon. Like, I'm not quite sure that was a 10-day injury, but why not? It was convenient, right? Yeah. Brent Rooker is right there. They called him Absolutely. the night before, gave him yes. sort of the heads up. Then it was actually more so that morning where they made the official decision. Kepler had been in the day before. That was an off day for treatment. They had a good sense. So they gave Rooker the heads up that, that the call is likely to come. But my understanding is it really didn't come until the official call, even though he pretty much knew it was going to happen until that morning. And they had that sort of leeway, right? Because he was right down the road. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it just it makes way too much sense. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, University of Minnesota. So a couple things on that front. It feels like a lot of the other Big Ten schools and, and, and not only like coaches, athletic directors, players have just been vocal about whether there should be a football season this fall or not. It seems like the U of M has been quiet. Also... We're all sort of expecting sports to be cut in some form at the U of M. So what are you hearing on both fronts, support or lack thereof, of Big Ten football this fall still? And are sports in jeopardy of being cut potentially because of how tumultuous this year has been economically? I can tell you that there is some support on campus to play football as soon as possible. Is it universal across the board? No, depending on who you talk to. But I can just tell you there are people people of influence over on campus that absolutely are in favor of playing football as soon as possible. It is interesting. You see Jim Harbaugh. You see the video the other day in Ann Arbor. He's walking down the street. Which is so right? Harbaugh. You've got Ohio State and Iowa and Nebraska incredibly vocal. Yes. Then you've got these other schools that are curled up in the fetal position saying nothing. Yeah, but I'll give I'll give those schools credit because the commissioner of the Big Ten and the presidents are like the the president of the country is like the Big Ten's coming back soon. And the Big Ten puts out a statement which just says, yeah, we're not playing football right now and we hope to soon. So I, I do give schools like Minnesota credit because I think instead of being way out over their skis, they're probably taking the smart approach as opposed to Nebraska, which has been, you know, we're going to we're going to quit the world if we don't play football soon. So it's sort of a weird d- deal because the whole thing with Trump led people down the path to be like, oh, Big Ten football starting in two weeks. Yeah, which was, which was never going to be which was never going to be. And the I'm case. telling you, I mean, it just it felt like it was so political, right? With, with so many battleground states in the Big Ten. Absolutely, Dukes. So why not? I mean, if you can get Big Ten football back, if you're the president, maybe that helps you win some of those battleground states. But yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, the old cliche control what you can control. I yeah. mean, you could protest like Jim Harbaugh. But in the end, what sort of influence do you really have? So, yeah, I mean, if you're the you especially if you're Mark Coyle, buttoned up. Why not just let Kevin Warren and the presidents and others figure it out? But I can tell you, so there's a regularly scheduled Board of Regents meeting 
In fact, day one, it's probably underway right now. It's today, tomorrow, more likely tomorrow than today. But athletics will come up. And there is one regent that told me this morning that he will propose a motion called Let's Play Fall Sports. Just to get the dialogue going, right? This is an open forum. You know, I mean, this is a public institution. Like, get on the record. You should be on the record anyway as a Board of Regents member. Just get it out there. Let's just see where everybody stands. You know, then maybe you go to President Gable and maybe the dialogue continues. So with this regularly scheduled Board of Regents meeting, why not at least get that dialogue going? So look for that late morning tomorrow. I guess it could be brought up today, but I was told more likely late morning tomorrow. Some sort of vote, some sort of, it'll be a motion called Let's Play Fall Sports. Let's just get every board regent uh, member on the record. Where do you stand? Are you in favor or not in favor? How is the Gopher football team preparing right now? They, uh, they're practicing regularly. What What are the restrictions or, or lack thereof? What yeah, well, they were sent... They were sent away for a little bit. I mean, campus is pretty much on on lockdown, right? I mean, mm. everything is is virtual at this point. But, yeah, there are some plans. I don't have the exact date. You know, I wish I could tell you exact dates. I, I suppose I could reach out to somebody, a, a dad, quickly if you want me to find out the answer right this second. No, no next week. Please. I talked to Caden Johnson, Badgers linebacker, a couple weeks ago. The Badgers sent all their players home. That was pre when, when the first day of school was. Now I saw that Madison – is is on lockdown. I saw two dorms. They need to quarantine. So Madison apparently is imagine that is a mess right now. But yeah, Caden told me. Believe it. Yeah, Caden told me that that there's constant dialogue with with the Badgers coaches. You know, he's constantly getting text messages and updates. But yeah, he was told he could come home. You know, so he started practicing in early August. Right. Then mid August, he's back here and he was working out at a at a gym in Maple Grove. Are, are they still discussing the potential of starting in December or January? in some type of bubble as well, which I'm guessing would, would include U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, U.S. Here. Bank Stadium's come up. Because you're not playing in TCF Bank yeah, Stadium Detroit, in Detroit, Indianapolis. I mean, you have some of those some yeah. of those stadium, those indoor stadium possibilities. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, Judd, every possibility is on the table. Realistically speaking, mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing we'll see football, Big Ten football, in October. Is November, Thanksgiving-ish maybe a little bit more realistic? Maybe. Right. I just think October is incredibly aggressive. But I can just tell you, there is support from some power-ups on campus to get football back as, as soon as possible. In that case, they're going to lose a lot of money, but they'll just lose less money if they can get football back sooner rather than later. Uh, we've got about 60 seconds until we got to kick you out for uh, for our Purple Daily guest. So any, any rapid-fire scoops here, Dukes? Sure, yeah. Former Gopher Daniel Oturu had a draft interview virtually earlier this week with the Utah Jazz. It certainly looks like the draft will now be in mid-November, not mid-October. That much more time for the Wolves and other teams to do some deep dives on guys. The Wolves continue to do all sorts of background work on LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards. Wolves associate head coach David Vanterpool is in the mix in Chicago. In Indiana, I mean, with just this long off season, these teams that need to hire head coaches can cast an incredibly wide net. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't you interview a guy that's highly thought of? So I do think it's when, not if. It may not be this off season, but David Vanterpool on the Wolf staff eventually will get a head coaching opportunity. There's some thought that he'll have an opportunity in New Orleans as well, but New Orleans hasn't reached out quite yet to candidates. You've got Sachin Gupta in the Wolves front office, executive VP. He's in the mix for the Sacramento Kings GM job. So they let go Vadi Divac a few weeks ago. They're going to interview a bunch of candidates. He's in that mix, but texting with somebody close to him. I know he's 
why wouldn't he be? He's really excited about the possibilities here. Like at least to see this thing through plus a Sacramento. Like if, if you have a chance, right. And it might be your one and only chance to be a general manager is Sacramento, the place you want to go. So I just know that, that being here excites him in, in many different ways. Wow. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson. Oh, can I give you one more? Sure. So Rick Spielman was, was on a zoom on, I guess it would have been Tuesday morning to, to the dunkers club how about this one so remember that that covid mix up with the vikings with with was it false positives sunday whatever it was guys or something like that didn't uh, practice yeah a few what was it two weeks ago a few weeks ago yes i guess what rick told dunkers was that delta airlines flew the tests to the wrong location oh they weren't supposed to go to jersey they wherever they ended up up. that's that's what he told the dunkers group that the test ended up in the wrong location. It just tells you how many different <laughs> tentacles there are to, yeah, to getting happens. the NFL season going. And right now, it's all systems ago. We're all excited for Houston KC tonight, excited for the weekend. What is the mistake? Or did the Packers pay Delta to boof yeah. it up? That's the question. <laughs> uh, classic. He also said that they'll travel all 16 practice squad members. So like week two, the game in Indianapolis, yeah. just with everything going on, maybe that just sounds logical, but... All 16 practice squad members will make the trip to Indianapolis. You that's, just never know, right? Game day, you just never know if you need to elevate one of those guys. That's Doogie. You can find him as part of the 5 Eyewitness News sports team and also the Scoop podcast, Apple, Spotify, and Scornorth.com. Bye, Doogie. See you, Thanks, boys. Doogie. Thank you. Woo! All right, we wrap with Royce. Usually on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on the show, but uh, we're doing it differently this week. We get We get Pat on Thursday here. So, Pat, all kinds of things to talk about. We got Vikings Packers week. But the biggest story last night, the Milwaukee Brewers <laughs> scored 19 runs last night, and, and they, yeah. they won a game 19 to nothing, and it wasn't even the biggest blowout of the night in Major League Baseball <laughs> no. No. because you had the uh, Atlanta Braves beating – who they beat last night? They beat the Marlins 29-9. Yeah. to And our guy Tommy Malone <laughs> spotted 29 runs in that game, the second most runs in Major League history, and our guy Tommy Malone can't even get the win, couldn't even get to the fourth he, inning. He went, uh, yeah, he went three and a third or something like that, gave up eight. But, you know, we spent all this time talking about young pitchers who throw 98 and how the pitchers are dominating games and all of this, and this guy still is getting starts in the major leagues. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, when he was here, what, four years ago now? Four at least, right? Four years ago? Oh. And maybe five? And you thought, God, poor guy, he's at the end of the line. He's going three and two on everybody who comes to the plate. This, these have got to be his last five starts in the big leagues. And he's still getting starts in the big leagues. It's, uh, it's incredible to me that uh, how – uh, we get we got endless relievers, but how hard up we are for starting pitchers is just incredible. Up eleven to two after two. Tommy Malone three and a third, eight hits, eight runs, two walks, and four strikeouts. <laughs> okay. Two home runs against, and he didn't lose. You know what the the most egregious <laughs> didn't lose. The most egregious stat is the two walks. What are you doing? Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I'd like to know how many pitches he threw. Maybe his problem was he was actually trying to throw the ball over the 90. 90 pitches, 53 strikes. (laughs) That's your answer. That's him. He had to have a 3-2 count there. It's it's amazing. You know, I'm, I'm badly rooting for the Marlins not 
to be, uh, you know, they were the first team with COVID and all that. But just just the way they came in there and dismantled everything, uh, Jeter and his pals, uh, I, I, I'm, having, I'm, I'm very much hoping they don't squeeze into the top eight of the National League. They were running away with the division there for a while with a 5-2 and two record when everybody else had played 15 <laughs> games. You know, because they, they, what they didn't play for two weeks, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Cardinals had oh, like a week and a half off. Card- no, I think the Cardinals. Are they two weeks? Than- I think the Marlins have played more games than the Cardinals. The Cardinals, have, uh, after the Twins left down and they had the day off, what was it? They had 25 games left to play or some damn thing like that. The Twins had Twins have played, uh, had played the most games in the league before they had these two days off. Uh, most game in the majors, I think, right? Yeah, that's no, true. Um, no, no, uh, no, any rainouts, no nothing. So, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I talked about this, I guess yesterday, but, uh, between Pineda and Donaldson, uh, you got to feel a little better about them than you did uh, a week ago. That's for sure. Yes. Uh, I would agree with that. Hey, Pat, the Minnesota Vikings sent out the greatest tweet of all time yesterday when about 15 minutes after the announcement that Daniil Hunter is going on injured reserve and has to miss the entire month of September, which also then means that they don't have to list him on like the the day by day injury report. They send out a screenshot of a completely blank injury report and say, "No players on today's injury report." Yes. Tweet. Yes. The technicality yes. of all technicalities. So is uh, Courtney Cronin still out there by herself on the neck injury? Has anyone else gone along with that? Any no, the Star Tribune or... cited ESPN's report of a neck injury, yes. so I think she's yes, the only one. Other people are doing that. Uh, I'm surprised. Judd and I were talking about this yesterday, though. You know, whereas Schefter and, uh, you know, maybe the ESPN thing is if one of their people already had it, they don't need confirmation then. Uh, but uh, none of the uh, none of the big hitters have come up with it. And uh, my speculation to Judd yesterday was these guys, uh, you know, Spielman's got about six of these guys that come to him and he gives them all the information. Uh, they don't want to blow that source, so they're not uh, they're not telling us that it's in that uh, because the Vikings don't want them to. Is my is my theory anyway. Your your best point though was the Jacksonville point, and I brought that up earlier on the show. Them not getting a first-round pick might be the stupidest thing in retrospect that we've ever seen. Yeah, you, you would have thought that had they known, had they known the Vikings' uh, level of uh, interest in them, in him, uh, was was a little uh, stronger than they thought. <laughs> they they might have gotten a first. But where was everybody else? Why didn't? Why did? I mean, this guy's one of the best pass rushers there is. What's the? Uh, what's uh, what? Why didn't somebody come with a first rounder? I I don't get that. You know, especially if you're going to expect to be a good team. I think, uh, I think Pat, because of the contract, it, Jacksonville blew it by franchising him because then a team that got him can't turn around by the rules of the CBA and immediately sign him to a long-term contract. I think that's why. And so they didn't, uh, you know, so you can get, you right. can sign him a longer-term contract and get him to uh, – a, keep the cap number down, and B, get him wrapped up. So Correct. Not, not a free That's answer. why I think a bunch of teams bowed out of those negotiations. Boy, he must have hated it down there, huh? <laughs> he probably could have gotten more money, you know, just staying, right, with them. Oh, hell yeah. Franchise tag, he was going to make more money. He must yes. have really hated it, hated it down there. 
Tom Coughlin wasn't exactly the answer, was he? No, <laughs> he was not. That is an understatement. Yes, <laughs> I think he. Uh, you know, he was uh, he a great football coach, but a hard nosed son of a gun boy. You got to know that. You got to know he was hard nosed because Parcells loved him. <laughs> yep. Parcells thought he was. Uh, Parcells thought he was uh, fabulous. I don't know. I got to tell you though, the uh, starting uh, defensive ends for the Vikings uh, Sunday. A little hard for us Murray County boys uh, to, to rattle those names off our tongues here. We're having a little trouble with. Uh, I think unique Hunt. unique is going to be a first name guy for you, Pat. You just <laughs> yeah, be right. unique. And I don't know the other guy. I got no chance because the first name is just as hard as the second name, right? Yeah, Aden- Adenabo. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, but you have a family or something. Here's your hope: start Jalen Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> That's your biggest hole. Start Jalen Holmes at left end. I think it'll be the other guy, though, don't you? He he played good for him last year when he played. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's a good question. Game, I don't know, but uh, I think the Packers are feeling very relieved, though, because uh, they were pretty much in a. You guys talked the Mosky yet? We do, we literally just did for uh, for Purple yeah, Daily yeah. today. Yep. Yeah, well, I talked to him a couple of days ago, and he was saying that they have no idea how they're going to black block Daniel Hunter, Daniel Hunter with Billy, Billy Turner, who's okay, you know, was the right tackle, and now he's hurt. They don't have a right tackle. This guy they signed, who was the hotshot draft choice uh, a few years ago, and then was in Detroit. What's the guy? The, the complete stiff they, they, they signed, the 30, 31-year-old. The Packers signed for the offensive line. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I, got, I forget. Yeah, they, let's, let, let's... they let Bulaga go. They wouldn't pay him thirty million dollars. Yeah. and then uh, and then it, Pete Wagner is it something like that? You know, some stiff. And uh, <laughs> they they brought him in. I don't know. I haven't been. They were thirteen and three last year. I have not been terribly impressed with Bryant Gutekunst to this point, <laughs> and especially when you look at this draft. I'm I'm not one of those guys that say, "How can you draft Jordan Love?" Even though he's a third stringer now. But uh, the the rest of the the, the draft is uh, you know not uh, not the last two years they haven't gotten many players out of there. I guess they were very high on Kamal Martin and then he got hurt. He was going to start for him, you know that one of their inside linebackers. Damaski uh, uh, told me the other day. He might have told you that today too. That uh, you know about the third day of practice they put him in as a, a first teamer and he was going to be one of their starters, a uh, linebacker for the inside linebacker for the Packers, and then he got hurt. Uh, the Burnsville kid. What? Uh, hey, what's your what, what? What's your gut say about Packers Vikings this weekend? And then let's say Daniel Hunter misses half the season. What? What? What does your gut say about the Vikings' chances to make the playoffs without Daniel Hunter playing half the year? My gut usually tells me I shouldn't eat so much, but uh, my gut right now is telling me that uh, the Vikings are going to win. But then the last time they came to town, I was absolutely convinced the Vikings were going to win. And they're still trying to get their third first down, aren't they? They were terrible. Oh, it's terrible. Yep. So, so, uh, but I think the Vikings are going to win. I just look at the Packers and say, you know, what, what? Who are you know Devontae Adams and who are these guys? Uh, they just uh, you know the one thing that did kind of uh, change my mind a little bit about being terribly optimistic about the Vikings was uh, 
guys, Collar was the first guy to tweet out what their offense, what their defensive line was two years ago and what it is going into Sunday's game. That's a little frightening. You had uh, Linville Joseph and uh, Sheldon Richardson as the middle guys and Griffin and Hunter as the outside guys. And uh, now you've got... Uh, uh, who, who, what Shamir is back at? Uh, yeah, Shamar Stefan and then um, and Jalil Jill Johnson. Allen. Yeah, Johnson. that's not good. And, and uh, then one uh, one uh, established defensive end. It's, it's quite a downgrade there. I don't know. I was thinking Vikings uh, cinched to win the division a few days ago, but uh, I think Hunter's their best player as far as being. A dominant player. I think he's their best player. Kendricks is probably close. Those would be the to me their two best players. Now, obviously, we all like the safeties a lot. Harrison Smith's good, but he gets banged up a little bit. I, th- I think uh, you're losing your best player. I think you're a ten-win team, and that might be good enough. But yeah. I don't think you're. I thought I don't think you're a twelve. I don't think you're a twelve-win team. I thought they might have a chance to be an eleven or twelve-win team, but uh, you know, I I think they're a ten-win team. Depends on, a lot of it depends on Dalvin too. Yep. Is he, uh, you know, now that he's a team captain, is he fully committed? Is, oh. is that, by the way, is that the most high school move in the history of? Okay, we don't like you. We're not enough to pay you, but you're a captain. You can be a captain. Uh, that, be great. Is that, you get to go out for the coin flip? Does that help? Does that no new bad? contract, but you get that C, baby. <laughs> that's, that's a hockey move, right there. Oh God, is it? That is a hockey move. You got the alternate C. Oh, (laughs) very much. Now I don't need any money. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Pat, we got to run, but we will talk to you after Vikings Packers uh, early next week. See you, Royce. Okay. See you, gentlemen. Wrapping with Royce, legendary sports columnist and uh, good friend of our show here. And that's a wrap on this episode of Mackie and Judd action movie rewind. In addition to, so actually real, real quick on air production meeting here, boys. Mm-hmm. So I'm putting together some of our Vikings benchmarks and, and content pieces for the show. And I've got penciled in for Fridays, the return of Judd's keys from a Vikings victory pending the approval of Judd and the keys. Of course, keys, keys dangling. Keys wanted see Keys's contract is not that great. And Keys would, oh. Keys wants a new deal. Um So Keys has a neck injury now. So Ke- yeah, he's got a neck problem and he doesn't have a captaincy. Uh, I don't know about Ke- I I'll talk to Keys. Negotiations tonight. will go I'll deep into the night. I'll talk to Keys tonight, but he's driving a tough bargain and the last time I saw him, well, what if Keys he was he was not socially distanced, not wearing a mask and at a bar. Also, I think it was the, the latest I had heard between the negotiations of the Mackey and Judd show and Judd's keys is that the show wanted five keys and keys mm. only wanted to give three keys. Unless you got a mm. substantial raise. Right. So it might be that it's only three keys. Maybe they settle on four keys. I don't know. You'll have to tune in tomorrow. Tactic. Classic yeah. tactic. So that's a wrap on this episode of Mackey and Judd. Be sure to check out uh, more in-depth Vikings conversations, too, on the Purple Daily podcast with us, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone.
Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.